definition of being a film critic or film reviewer or are they the same thing sure i'm very happy with what i have right now but i'll be lying if i said that i was aiming for this and to be thick skinned on social media and sensitive while you're watching movies it's not going to happen it's going to overlap and you're going to get mind fucked you know i really want to do what you guys do at film companion where you just watch a couple of movies in a day and you chill for the rest of it how do i get paid for now so i pull you know anyone i say don't do not try this at home it's not possible like yeah. it's very dangerous you have no backup do you get tired of movies <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm absolutely sick of movies right now idea of like you can say it's terribly written you can say i'm wrong you can say i didn't get it but you can't deny that this is yeah this is my truth i think that's pretty cool a sort of field of passion that we all pursue we all have left something or the other to get into writing uh, our superhero movies cinema i grew up with superhero movies which is why i don't get the mcu dcu you're following your passion but passion takes over everything else to, to be a film critic it's you have to love movies you have to love writing and most of all you have to love writing what movies i don't like man when you guys take pause i'm like shit then don't ask questions <laughs> hello guys i'm nona prince and welcome to the podcast this time we didn't have one two but three guests which were vishal menen rahul desai and suchin mehotra i'm sure you know all three of them they are renowned film critics and film journalists and they were very generous with their time providing insights about what goes behind a career in film criticism and film journalism and i hope this session is useful to anyone out there who wants to get into this field this is actually a youtube podcast you can check out the video version on my channel youtube.com/nonaprince posting the audio version on this platform for the people who just want to listen to it so if you enjoy this discussion do consider following and liking this and for more related content do check out the youtube channel it's a long one so sit back relax and enjoy so let's start so is your connection Uh, good because where, you're breaking uh, up for I us. I think. Vishal, uh, your internet you know? is a little. So, Suchin, how was the day? Uh, it is good. I'm I'm here to learn about film criticism, so I'm having a good day. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like it's like you were saying, because everyone works together. You you never get to do this, and you generally wish you just could sometimes just pull someone up and be like, "Give me master class, please." <laughs> you finished watching Ray? Uh, no, I haven't even started, but mm-hmm. I've heard great things. Only good things have been said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the. Uh, Uh, titles for Rahul's uh, articles. <laughs> the headlines. Yeah. Yeah, you you can comment as long as you just call me Rahul from now. Ah, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, Chin, are you older than twenty three? <laughs> uh, I am. I, I behave like a fourteen year old, yeah. but I'm twenty seven, unfortunately. Or twenty eight. Shit. No, I'm twenty eight. <laughs> I'm actually twenty eight. Wow. <laughs> so, have you ever seen a Shah Rukh movie in the theater, Chin? Or are you like? The new generation. Shahrukh is no, no. I know which one that is. No, I have <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bunch as a kid. As in the '90s Shahrukh movies. That's my definition of Shahrukh. So yeah, just at the end of his supreme reign. I've been told my first movie in theater was uh, Gadar, in which told? I slept. <laughs> in which You've I been slept. told. Yeah, <laughs> I was like a year old, I think, <laughs> a year or two. It came oh, out in two thousand, right? Two thousand and one. Two thousand yeah. one. Two thousand three. Uh, two. I was two. Yeah. So I, I've been told I slept. <laughs> I think I remember the popcorn uh, uh, when I watched Gadar or something, and you're like, I was just born. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Come on, we were just doing like a twenty-year thing of Lagan, and everyone was talking about Gadar, and I think I have very distinct memories of Gadar, which says a lot about my age. So. <laughs> they kept chasing us. They kept chasing us for a reunion interview, and I asked. <laughs> I'll like I'll, uh, I'll get back to you. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think first of all, uh, you know, big fan of all three of you. Thank you for you know giving your time for this. Uh, really appreciate it. And I think the first. I know, second that. I'm a big fan of all two of you. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, okay. 
I thought three. Dude, okay, come on, right? <laughs> no, no, I'm in full synthetic mode, so I'm like, no, this is so cool. I'm a big fan. <laughs> hey, you video guys aren't supposed to be so synthetic. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you know, I want to start with. uh like what is a film reviewer what is a film critic like what is your personal definition about it uh who would like to go i'm i'm I'll, i think I'll the most the senior person can take it <laughs> the, there is no such thing as senior <laughs> no i think the terms don't matter i think you can call it whatever you want um uh, eventually like i'm i'm at a really really screwed up state of mind to be answering this question because i've been asking this myself so much in the last 6 months right Uh, and in in my case the more serious we take it like you know at a time like this the more seriously we think about film critiquing and film reviewing and all that you think like shit dude like uh, like like what kind of job is this you have to be so ultra privileged to to call this your job and then to take yourself so seriously <laughs> while doing it right because like you see like honestly i, I don't mean this in any derogatory term but like a person who who like you know who was as a watchman in an in a hospital is so much more valuable in today's like world than we are so so i guess you i think all of us have to kind of accept that it's incredible amount of privilege because uh, even like i mean we are all at a stage where you know like money is way more important than what it used to be uh you know you have to kind of take care of other people so and all that and take a route with just because you're passionate you know is is a little like it becomes a little complicated after a certain age so as a as a job of course it's very beautiful because i mean you you are respecting cinema as an art form right you you, you have ta- you've taken your time out you have watched all those movies you have studied cinema to the point where you you are you're taking it seriously and uh, you're not looking at it as just one money making machine because that's kind of the difference between like us and people who like review like mixies and grinders right because it's not just that it's not about talking about an appliance it's not about telling you if it works or doesn't work but like why does it work or why doesn't it work and you know, especially we talk about people like rahul and other he puts so much of himself out there right and that that's a damn damn difficult damn damn complicated war that you're fighting with yourself because it takes a lot of balls to kind of be able to do that so uh, all this put together is some, somehow what like film criticism is right now you know because uh, i think we are at one stage where there are a lot of critics all of them uh, who found their voices and stuff like that in a really difficult time and it's all because they're putting themselves out there it's not just Uh, uh it's not it's, we, are, we are not like walking wikipedia pages right? it's not about knowledge it's about how those not that knowledge is being used and how it's trying being trying to communicate that with so many other people so we are finally at a time where people value cinema more than just entertainment so i guess uh that's where we are at but the last one year if you ask me i really don't know like i'm really confused i'm really mind fucked so <laughs> i'm not the person you should be talking to uh yeah um, no as as vishal very rightly gave perspective to what we do i think it's honestly it's the best and worst time to be a film critic right now obviously because of you know the last year or so i think that most of us still have a job or you know what we are doing is basically watching movies for a living right yeah but what we think about those movies comes second that where our profession lies so obviously in that context in the context of life we are really privileged right now to still first of all do what we are doing and still secondly be able to sort of earn a living out of it time i'd say uh, um, 
at a level of just professions in general in general as a as a larger uh, sort of field of passion that we all pursue we all have left something or the other to get into writing apparently that's the only way to become a writer these days if you leave something uh, so so i think in in context of only writing uh, i feel like film criticism is still a very tough thing to do uh, it's still not as i wouldn't say prestigious but it's still looked down upon uh, compared to a lot of other things like people think film criticism still is a stepping stone to other things like writing a book or yeah. making a film or something like whenever someone hears that i'm a film critic is like okay so when are you going to make a film i was like but that that really doesn't mean that i'm on my way there or anything i'm this is literally what i want to do i want to be really good at this and uh, the older i get hopefully the better i get you know because i believe with experience i can get better at uh, film criticism and art criticism in general sure you will keep watching movies you will keep uh, your your point of view will keep getting evolved over time you'll you'll write better over time i'm i'm a better writer today than i was one year ago two years ago so that will keep happening those technicalities if you want to improve will keep happening but the more you experience life the more you'll sort of really be better at this particular thing so i feel like those who are still doing it right now are still also resilient people like it's not on one side you know there's the the entire pandemic thing going on that's really putting us into sort of an existentialist uh, uh, sort of state of mind most of the time and and i i will admit last year i felt like what is the point of putting uh, our writing about movies or series out there yeah. that is why i think even over the last year i by like so, sort of subconsciously started putting myself a little more out there through my reviews or through my columns because uh, i didn't know any other way to express myself or i think most of us don't really because it's not like you know we 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 have a more direct medium so i feel like that happened automatically where i've just changed the perspective of how i i i look at my profession and and because of that uh, i'm actually sort of happy we wrote that out and there are going to be tough times ahead and it's going to probably get worse for you know and journalism in general is you know on shaky ground it's always been and that's the whole point the fact that we still some of us still manage to be like particular do particular things in our profession like uh, either film criticism or you know uh, or feature writing or anything for that matter uh, is you know I, i still feel like it's a difficult thing to do and I to remind myself that you know in the larger scheme of things what we're doing is really doesn't matter but for us i don't think there's anything we know uh how well you know what else to do so we yeah. i mean we have no choice but to take it seriously in the best way we can but again having said that last one year has been tougher for uh a lot of us than ever before because our our, our craft our skill is uh, an art of uh, of your mind sort of you're really putting your mind to paper most of the time and the mind as you know has not been in it for for a while and it's only human yeah we've been tested a lot over the last year and i feel like that whole definition of film reviewing and film criticism uh, that it's an informed opinion from people who actually sort of um, are one rung say above just cinephilia a pure cinephilia or pure fandom uh, just sort of developing a voice or an informed opinion i'd say that definition also has evolved in the last one one and a half years since uh, january 2020 because i think a lot of us have found different ways to put ourselves out there so um so yeah more or less that that is what i'd say where we are right now all right suchin i'd say a couple of things yeah in terms of what value 
we ha- this has right now that's a whole other crisis apart from disappointing my dad i don't know what this achieves <laughs> in the larger scheme of things but uh the only also i'm i'm obviously definitely not a film critic i'm a film journalist who reviews sometimes these two are by every definition what you call a critic and also i would say is i definitely do make a distinction between film reviewing and film criticism i think now more than ever i remember i think a few years ago anu used to say you know anu used to talk about how there is a distinction you like reviewers are like like Vishal what what you're saying about you know that mixy grinder people who you know for them it's it's more about the good and bad it's it's not about going into the depth whereas and especially now more than ever when you have the internet and youtube and blogs you know that whole democratization thing i think that it's never been more important even for me as a movie fan to separate what those two things are people who will tweet about movies and you know do some stuff on youtube and etc versus people who really are out there have the background have the knowledge give you the insight watch everything and and you know it you know when you are reading a film review from a critic it yeah. it it gives you so much more as a piece of writing as as about the film about the context uh, and everything um so yeah i also to rahul's point about being one rung above a cinephile sometimes i feel like there's always going to be there's always that one person who know has more movie knowledge than you you know so you're not going to win that battle mm. so it's a very specific thing of it's 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 about being a writer to a big, it's it's about your response and you know justifying it with the why it's about yeah. watching everything there are so many people who they they watch what they love and that you know for them that's enough but you don't realize just the the amount of stamina that goes into watching everything to really get that expansive view of you know film apart from just the specifics um and so yeah there'll always be people who you might think is a better writer who might have has might have more film knowledge but in terms of just doing the grind every day watching as much as you can constantly evolving your knowledge and trying to hate yourself and become the best writer you can be that's sort of a very specific combination of things um is is what i would consider that i think uh definitely covid has a big impact you know and i think it has become like this right before covid and after covid life is so drastically different of course uh but i i would like to go back back in time and my question would be for the first movie not the first movie we watched but the first movie that changed how you looked at movies i think for example for me and it can be multiple movies for me it was for, i think three idiots when i watched it in the theater and when the movie ended i was like why it ended i want to stay here forever and then i i understood the value of cinemas uh, watching movie in a theater when i watched bahubali 2 I had watched Bahubali one on my phone, you know, the pirated one that also. And then I watched <laughs> it Bahubali, and I used to make fun of people who used to go to theaters to watch movies multiple times. I'm like, you didn't get the movie in the first time. Why are you wasting money? And I went, I think, about four, five times. I went for Bahubali two, and I realized what a big screen, you know, uh, experience can give you. And I think, and after that, you know, as I watched more movies, you know, it kept evolving. So what, what about you guys? What was the, that movie that changed things? How you look at it? Oh, the, the like hard one. Like, oh, cinema <laughs> itself was like it's a, a damn big deal. Yeah, basically. Like, did you mean like okay, cinema itself as a medium is more important than other things in life, or is cinema so important that it should be a big part of my life? Like your your personal experience of you know like I'll, I'll assume you know I'm I I cannot imagine doing what I do today like even three years four years back. So I'm like. like which is that movie you know you like you know you watch movies for entertainment you know that's how it began for me i used to like visit four or five times in a year to watch a movie in a theater it was a occasion oh my birthday let's go watch a movie that's it so how when did that change you, your look at cin- movies it that changed it's the not just entertainment you, yeah the movie that made you realize that movies are a bigger deal yeah that's that yeah. can't name one movie like that but i remember like 
I remember everything from the day I watched Jurassic Park. I the smell in the theater. I remember the the, the sounds. I remember everything. I must have been four, maybe three or four. I don't know. And I remember everything from that film. So and Jurassic Tiffin boxes, Jurassic Park. I had Jurassic Park T-shirt. It, I was obsessed with it, you know. And so, so Steven Spielberg is like for me like it, it, no one can be bigger than uh, Steven Spielberg. E.T. and uh, Jurassic Park and these films are like. like a part of something very deep uh, in me but i think in terms of movies in general i'm like uh, basically see both my parents are working and uh, both my parents uh, at 7 or 8 in the morning right 7 in the morning and my parents would only get back home at about 9 at night 8:30 9 at night and uh, uh, even though there was there was a lady who used to kind of look after me i was pretty much the house was empty it was just me so i would come back from school and i got it's just me and my tv till about 9 o'clock and there's no supervision i can watch whatever i want to watch uh, my parents would work on sunday so it's basically just me and movie so my 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 value system my my ethics uh, my respect my respect uh, everything is con- has been conditioned by movies so it's kind of like when you see these kids who kind of watching looking at the phone and eating and stuff like that they'll grow up to be somebody like me so you better take phones away from those kids because i have all those problems all those issues i to to the, i i haven't gone to sleep without some dialogue playing in the background in almost 13 14 years so uh, that's how like Uh, I kind of grew up on movies and TV shows and all that, so uh, uh, it's like there's nothing else. I mean, uh, for me, a holiday is to watch a funny movie in a nice cold place. You know, uh, uh, for me, a horrible day is also like maybe like I have a fucked up day than watching something light and trying myself to sleep. So there's nothing else. You know, really nothing else. It's just empty. Like no gardening, no cooking, <laughs> no cricket, nothing. it's just like watching some when uh, i mean more or less if you are growing up in the 90s obviously you know the cinema hall is uh, a huge deal you know like it's it's not like today where you have a choice to watch it somewhere else or anything so i mean i i sort of feel sorry for the generation today where you actually be like chalo laptop pe dekhte hain aur phone pe dekhte hain all because back then it wasn't just the social outing right for me uh, very early on i think like when i was like 7 or 8 or something I knew that my father was a big, uh, big thing sort of person, and and he used to like sort of very consciously go out of his way to inculcate in me first of all the love for reading, which he failed to do. I have not read like I've not read a complete book for the longest time. Like so that he failed to do, but he, what he did succeed in doing is uh, like sort of getting me to love music and movies. and movies is because we used to go pretty much every other weekend to watch like a movie to the theater and uh, because of that i'd say there wasn't one particular movie but as vishal said jurassic park was a huge influence on all of us i think because for a lot of us it was the first western movie that we we really watched uh, in indian theaters and really got blown by it. like that was for us our childhood in short right like yeah. that was where a lot of things are our, our entire perspective of movie of movie stands forget movie watching came much later in life and i can't even pinpoint to when but uh, i think through our childhood like you know like like the way you sort of grow up like for example he was at home and watching movies whole day when his parents were working uh, i'd say for me it was like my my father was sort of sick of work by the end of the day so he just dragged me to a movie yeah the 
day and that sort of stuck you know because a lot of other families used to be going uh, every sunday to watch the latest surat bajata rajpri production movie make a whole like family outing out of it like 50 marwadi people just going with their tiffins and with their damn what the bottles and 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 then they're spoiling it for the rest of the kids in the city <laughs> for the next two weeks but uh, me and my dad used to literally go like just to watch anything like we used to watch sharukh's worst movies amir's worst movies uh, we used to watch movies that have uh, people haven't heard of i remember in the middle of my board exams my dad took me to watch vertical limit out of all the things like in a, a multiplex so multiplexes were very new then it was the first year or something and he was like since it's so tense and i think the best way to sort of uh, you know get rid of it is to go watch an exciting movie and for me that that is my most vivid movie watching experience because first of all is very tense because of the board exam then that gets heightened because you're watching a damn movie that is based on a mountain where everyone is dying almost every like 5 or 10 minutes and for me that was the ultimate peak of sort of uh, uh, cinema watching experience uh, because of you know so many peripheral factors around so uh, so i guess you know i was lucky that one of my parents really sort of uh, uh, you know like to use movies as a certain escape and for me somewhere along the way that escape became a way of life when i shifted to bombay and you know started going to college because uh, even in college when we had to bunk our lectures we'd go to the nearest theater we i hadn't started drinking then so you know we never used to go to the bar as such we went to the nearest theater it was hot i used to watch things like harry potter which i don't even watch but yeah. i just like to be in the movie all because the smell was nice it was just comforting it reminded you of like a time gone by and also um, so yeah i i don't think there's one particular moment because it's really an accumulation of your childhood like you know Uh, uh, sort of resulting in something uh, more major later. Like, uh, of course, I'm sure didn't even can't even pinpoint when we decided to take it up as a profession because it just happens sometimes. Yeah. That you know certain things fall into place, your mind sort of clicks, and and you decide to do something. So, so yeah, maybe in the movies itself, there's a moment for a protagonist or a hero where he decides like everything is. But I think for us, it's a little more vague. Sachin? Uh, no, yeah, mine is the same. I wish there was like one specific movie that changed everything. But you just remember like a series of bullet points. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's a lot like Vishal, where you know, a lot of people who do this, you're the kid who never went to play outside, kind of thing. You know, you're always you're the one who's you were too close to the TV screen, and your parents would get annoyed at you and stuff. That's that's literally the stereotype. But I just remember a couple of like. small movies that were significant in different ways i remember when i was a kid um i i went sort of i was with my friends and i remember we we went to watch um 51st dates which is that adam sandler romcom and that's the first time i remember the habit of watching multiple movies back to back it was like it's one of those movies where it sort of makes you fall in love with the idea of going to the movies um i remember watching ek me aur ek tu which was 2012 and it was one of the first times where i felt like i saw something in this movie nobody else saw not nobody else but the people you were with you know everyone passed it off as a romcom i was like no that this this more going on here and then that makes you feel like okay maybe there's something going on um even with tamasha i think that's one of the first times where i i felt like i had a very very personal experience with the movie which also kind of feels sad because you feel the people around you would never feel what you feel but it's almost like you can completely see why other people might not connect with this film because it's very specific but you have a very personal experience with the movie and that sort of stays with you this is very random but i remember i, I was attending a film festival and it's the most depressing week of your life you know it's just basically 
all these heavy films that really there were some really really tough films and it was friday and, and kapoor and sons was releasing and i i just did not want to watch another movie and i fell in love with that movie and it makes you realize that politics is one movie to just change your day your week whatever it is um and the first movie i ever wrote about just i have no idea why i just i wanted to write about it because i was obviously reading a lot of reviews and i just felt like i want to write something is heather where i was like i don't know why i just i, I just wrote a review just for myself so it's yeah. just a, a lot of smaller bullet points I also want to hijack this. I'm never going to get invited back, but ask the next question if I'm allowed to. Uh, do you guys? Uh, do you guys think film criticism is its own art form? Like writing is considered an art form, filmmaking is an art form, but do you consider film criticism its own standalone art form? For all three of you guys. I kind of, I kind of like. I need to kind of. Uh, it's very like uh, stressful and like distressing when you kind of have to explain uh, this particular concept to so many people, but they don't understand. See, you, you can get it wrong, not be good enough to read certain movies, but whoever kind of reads your work, they have to understand that we are not lying. And that's the bare minimum that you want them to accept. That, okay, this is honestly, genuinely how I reacted. I felt like while I watched this movie. That's the bare minimum you want people to accept. And that's my truth. This, is, this, is, this has been my journey. I watched this film and this is what I felt. And that's my, my truth. Like, I, I'm not lying. I'm not saying anything Twitter because... I'm going to make more money or not am I going to lie because oh, I, I think I'm going to lose an interview with this guy the next. So at least in that, I just want people to accept it as just that, you know. Uh, I won't lie about this. This is what I feel about this movie. And that in its own way, it's, it's, it's truth, right, to some extent. If I I might fail to kind of explain myself in certain reviews, I might not have had the, had the time or I might have been really confused in the whole process. But this is my truth. Hmm. Things that uh, I won't do because... I don't have like it's like it's like a thing right it's like an instinct you kind of mess with it a bit mess with it a little bit it stops working you get it because yeah. what you're feeling when you're watching a movie you start to like trick yourself by saying oh, this is, that's not what it is this is you don't like this because of this or you don't like this because of something else it just stops working it's like it's not it's not foolproof so uh, the only thing you can really be is try to be like truthful and honest and then you know hope people kind of accept that yeah. so that's how I kind of see it I love that idea of like you can say it's terribly written you can say I'm wrong you can say I didn't get it but you can't deny that this is yeah this is my truth I think that's really good yeah yeah I totally agree with that and yeah for me I mean personally it is it's own art form um, the tragedy is that it's not like that for like most of this country or uh, it's not looked at say it would be looked at elsewhere uh, you know, in, in sort of the first world country, so to say, because a lot of people, like, if you talk to, like, only if you interact, like, if you interact with the foreign journalists or, say, foreign film critics, or from the West, or even from Europe, for that matter, uh, if you ask them what you do for a living, they can just say, I'm a film critic. And it's understood, right? Like, yeah. that's it. You don't need to explain yourself after that. And I'm asked even today, I'm, I'm bloody eight, nine or ten years into the profession, if I'm still asked what I do, film critic is not enough. Like I have to then film critic is starts as an apology almost. Okay. When you say it, <laughs> the tone sort of just takes an apology and then you start explaining if there is more to it than people think or if you're a larger writer, so to say, are you a journalist also? Are you a, you know, so many things, right? Like you can't just say that you're a film critic and that, that's a, that's a cultural problem. That's, that's not like a, a quick fix thing that you know you can get rid of overnight and and you know I, I think a lot of us who do this seriously day in and day out 
actually treat it as an art without really realizing it. Uh, the thing is to give yourself enough credit at the end of the day, saying that okay, what you're doing, maybe it may not be, you know, uh, like important to a lot of people around you. Uh, in the larger scheme of things, in in someone's day, it might not, you know, it might not really change their day. But you know, what you're doing is actually uh, uh, creating something out of nothing too. And that for me is the definition of art. It doesn't. Okay, sure, you're watching something. you're writing your thoughts about it or you're writing your particular opinion about it and and which your truth about it as vishal said and uh, uh, and for me just creating something amounts to art you know it doesn't matter what it can be uh, what it should be also uh, and sure you watched it it's derivative it's a derivative what you watched it uh, watched something and you're creating something sure it, it's not original so to say but your truth is original your words are original uh, uh, your craft is original uh, a lot of people can't do what you do and i think a lot of A lot of us like may not believe it at the beginning of our career, saying, "Ye to koi bhi kar sakta hai," you know, because there's no real cost for it, there's no, no education for it. It's just you and the movies in front of you uh, and your thoughts, and so it's very easy to you know sort of believe that okay, you know, uh, uh, we we wouldn't exist if if the film industry doesn't exist, which is which is absolutely true. But like what you do. Uh, uh you have to keep convincing yourself every friday when your review comes out uh, that nobody else can do this and and if, and if you uh, sort of get into that zone even for a couple of weeks a year and or i think you you know you uh, start telling yourself that this uh, that sure you can you'll never it sounds too corny to say okay we are artists too but you know uh, it is good enough to tell yourself that uh, i think what we are doing is also uh, something essential to the to the universe of Uh, art in this country, and and I think that's as good or as bad as it gets. I don't think there's a upper or lower limit after that. Uh, and I'd like to believe that. And you know, uh, over time, if we ever reach that stage where you know film criticism sort of reaches uh, that sense of um, you know essentiality or importance in someone's mind, uh, well and good. But yeah, sure, we are long way away from that. I mean, no denial about it. I think uh, for me, you know, it's. I think if a person can understand that a film is not just good or bad or five stars, I think once they understand, it's you know, I I, I love giving food metaphors. You know, it's not like a single dish. It's not even a cuisine. You know, it's a, it's a buffet, and you cannot you know rate a whole buffet. Oh, it's just five stars. Oh, it is good or it is bad. No, it has so many things, right? There's so much to it that you cannot just term it a single thing and just leave. You know. So you like you like that dish? You didn't like okay, but that dish was nice. Oh, that was nice. I want to see how that is done. So I think that's what it is for me, at least. I don't know if that I makes sense. This, no, no. I always say this: every film is a conversation. Like it has yeah. to be. Like it's it's very easy to like put it in five adjectives, but every film has to be a conversation. Or yeah. this is stupid, but I always used to try and think of it as like every a movie is like a person. Like you can put them in whatever category and judge them, but. It, they're very distinctive entity, you know. Even there's always going to be something different or unique about that one. All right. Sorry, do I'm you... done hijacking. Please take over. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. So, uh, do you all remember your 10th standard board exams? I one hope you do. Question I did not expect. <laughs> this. So I want to know, you know, what what was that 10th standard Vishal Rahul Suchin thinking? What is coming in future? What do I want to do? You know, everyone have their wishes. I want to. I think cricketer is a very common thing in India. <laughs> But what what was that guy giving tenth exam was thinking about This life? This is about to get emotional. <laughs> hmm. Long pause. I was I think I think if I talk about myself 
10 standard like i was a, i got i was an idiot <laughs> like you know when i think your headline was in the 10 standard <laughs> yeah you know because uh, in 10 standard i knew okay i wanted to take commerce in 11th and 12th where in 11th and 12th i knew okay i wanted to uh, okay, i, I want to do well in my exams and then i want to get into uh, symbiosis or symbi uh, and then i want to go do some like a get into a good mba call for me how when my life got really fucked up when i got into symbi i realized what the fuck is this like this is not at all what i want to get it and it's three years of uh, realizing that i'm stuck in one place as in the college and the canteen and all the girls everything all that is damn good i'm, I'm not complaining about any of that but as a post <laughs> i feel like i do you know i got really screwed and it's like, like i you start blaming yourself because this is what i wanted and you get what you want and then it sucked. then it kind of screwed me up you know so i had all this time and you know i needed to kind of prove to my parents that i'm taking it seriously when i look back at it like like i i had no any kind of guidance i didn't i didn't know what i needed to do about my life there was not even honestly we didn't even have movies like tamasha then there was there were not we didn't even have enough movies to kind of tell you bro follow your dreams there's nothing <laughs> like that you know like follow to get into iit that's the only thing that's all like yeah no? so This a, like I was like an idiot like that's the only thing I can from 2005 or 6 or whatever you must have been three no so I don't think you remember like <laughs> no 2005 I was seven <laughs> so, wow <laughs> What about you guys? I mean, I sort of, yeah, as I said, I watched Vertical Limit during the 10th standard board exam. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> Did it help in the paper? <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. Like, nothing was going to change. <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing like, it's not like you can study overnight and study and become a genius. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we were... There are no like there are no two ways about it. What did we know back then? Like we weren't like better or worse than anyone. We were our ambitions were based on others' ambitions. Our our sense of right and wrong was based on like our parents' sense of right and wrong. So uh, my ambition back then in tenth standard was to basically first of all get past the board exams, uh, do like well enough to remain in a good school, and I didn't even know I was going to move to Bombay two years later or whatever it was. You know, I didn't know my life was going to change back then. Like the the chart was like you you. will sort of get past 12 uh, sort of study uh, for cat give your cat try to do an mba get into i am because my dad was from i am amdabad so oh. huge pressure uh, as like a so for me that was the gold standard of like you know academics so uh, everyone whoever used to meet me, or like at least my relatives be like when are you going to join i am like like you know you can pay fees and join <laughs> Something like that. Oh, so for, that's later. Man. For like five or six years, I was just asked that question. So I convinced myself this is maybe what I'm destined to do. So through my college, so I took those three years in Xavier's Bombay as a nice little break for myself. And I lied to my parents saying I love what I'm doing. Statistics is what I'm meant to do. I <laughs> I did a BSc in statistics. Honestly, it was the only thing uh, that did not require me to get into a laboratory. And I hated laboratories that much. I knew. So I was like, this is the only BSc degree that I think I can do and have fun at the same time, or make friends, or sort of see the city. So I got away with that. But then once the CAT exam started, the CAT preparation started, I realized very soon. And as you know, there were no movies then telling you that follow your passion. So I didn't know what my passion was. Uh, my passion in tenth standard was to become a cricketer. But very soon that changed because uh, because you know the sort of uh, I mean, first of all, I was sort of uprooted from Ahmedabad overnight because of the riots, and secondly. uh you know there was no ipl then so no parent wanted 
their kid to become a cricketer like it was no uh, stable profession now right now a lot of parents are dying for that but <laughs> back then nobody knew anything and I, i'd say i was pretty good also but just my parents didn't take me seriously so so that's that's all your thoughts are sort of uh, i mean that's that's all you can know uh, at that point of time back then because this was 2002 or something and it was just so long back and whole of india changed in the next two years so so you can only imagine how every person changed from year to year so yeah like after that whole mba thing went to went to the dogs you realize after giving the cat exam that you know you're a ranbir kapoor character either way like you're never going to be happy at what you do and uh and, and movies are movies for me were you know just an escape but we will come to that later okay sujin uh i think for me yeah i mean i i had no idea about what i wanted to do 2000 i think i was it's 2008 boards where i was in bangalore but at that point you're literally your life is just this one thing right so you don't want to stop i don't think i was a great student at that point your biggest stress is just studying and all that stuff and at that point yeah i really didn't care much about academics i remember i remember watching three idiots one year late in 2009 in the theater thinking i really need to go home and study you know studying in school you have to work hard it didn't last like two hours later you don't give a shit but um <laughs> but i i get really jealous of people who figured like either it's normally college i think that's what it happens to people who figured what they're passionate about and for me it was much later like i just did what you were supposed to do so you know you do this and then you you go to uni and i studied economics because that's what you're supposed to do then it's only after while i was working i was like then you realize this movie thing is i think this is there's more to this i i think i have a stronger thing here but i get so jealous when i hear people who discover the love of cinema at the age of 17 or 18 they were part of that film school they they were exposed to world cinema and, you, and then you just miss all the time you could have had to even whether it's be a better writer or watch more stuff so i i really feel sometimes that i started later or even just like study movies which i think there are pros and cons to but yeah i get really anyone who talks about they did a liberal arts degree which sounds pointless but all these insane writing exercises and you're like if that was my education like just imagine so i always get jealous of that stuff yeah. but for me that all the movie stuff happened later i was always i loved them but i only realized consciously that there might be something more to this actually when i started working i think uh, listening to all of you i feel kind of a lucky because once my uh, my father wanted to do something but his father forced him so he couldn't do it so you know you always wanted uh, me and my sister to do whatever we like and i still loved drawing uh, back in the childhood so you know he was all like okay i'll send you the nid you know you do that but of course i i didn't <laughs> i was like no iit <laughs> and i was like no i have to iit and i got into coaching and that was my worst one year and i was like yeah not that's not me and i don't know how it happened you know now it's it's really difficult to point out but that's what i am coming to that i got into that oh i i like films i want to make films and there was availability of a course for me to you know go learn filmmaking and learn about films like i i did a, a graduation in that and everything i do today all the you know the things i talk about movies is all, all because of that you know but none of you got that so i want to know how you all three maybe you did i don't know but how did you reach today like this point that you can talk about movies like this so i was going to say you should write something for tv you did the whole iit coaching thing right that's 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 that's, that's no, I, you know you know funny funny thing my father told me, uh, i didn't tell my father i wanted to do this and uh, i was because i had paid for that whole akash thing i was like okay i, I you know i'll do this and he told me my, i told my sister i don't want to do engineering i want to go into this college and all and she told my father and my father told me see he came to my room see you clear iit and whatever you say i'll do you know because i've paid for it you spend that time it should be worth it and i had no clue how what i passed the cut off was 100 i scored 101 and that time <laughs> that time and we before the result came we already you know uh, like i was going to the film college 
and the moment i passed everyone was calling oh iit nice when is the exam prepared for it first person to go at iit from a family i was like how how can you even say that you know i already got into the college so yeah <laughs> that was that was but i i still go you know got into the college and yeah that's history so what do you think how how like how do you get to this point yeah did you get do a course or something or how what happened in life that you reached here because none of you planned it right vishal give wisdom no i think my journey is pretty i mean pretty as straight forward as it can be i think like because i went to acj i i mean i studied journalism uh, it wasn't it wasn't my first choice or anything like that it's like something i i had to do because i, I mean i did have a phase where i wanted to movies as the making movies or at least writing movies that is like one of the the worst years of my family completely becoming different people when you come and say these kind of dreams right you know uh, by then i had already like made a lot of short films uh, like with the what about basic camcorder and phone and all that and then you come back home and you think like okay like i finished my basic degree education i want to get into cinema seriously everybody in my family became somebody else you know it's like it's the kind of like you know the kind of power the kind of you know the number of people would come from random places to come and tell you you know you cannot do this i didn't even know all those people existed you know in my family <laughs> so all of them kind of turned against me and you know you feel damn lonely and then somewhere i think this is like revenge you know like revenge uh, where of course i didn't i couldn't really do anything like i, mean, I didn't really do get into do whatever the whole film school thing but this is my in between kind of revenge where i decided that i'm going to do something in movies you know even if it's like becoming like a ticket collector in a theater i would do something in the movies and this is my my compromise or or my second best that I, that i managed to play you know but my route is very traditional what i went to uh, um, i studied journalism then uh, i my second job was in the hindu in the hindu i started writing about movies uh, badi was my boss and then then badi shifted to film company and i shifted to film company it's very straight forward and why can uh, we watch the vishal short films i send them to you i send them to you we made a pro- I, in 11th standard me and my friends we made a proper film like a one hour film called confessions of the priest but oh. cop like cop as in because the hero is a cop and the bad guy is called the priest and i wrote the film and all that so in 11th standard we made that film so you know but you know all of us all of us who made this film there are all of us the people who wanted to get into movies i'm the one who's closest and all my other friends said like they're making underwear and you know things like that <laughs> not even close so are they jealous of you so, like uh, like they called me like they called me this guy is like he's not done anything movie related for 10 years and then he called me like two weeks back and he's like dude i have a story idea i want you to just listen uh, i wanted to just listen and he's telling me this whole story it's a very outdated story okay like like you know what a school 15 years back like oh there's a killer who ஒருத்தீங்க <laughs> the the happy dude the 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 da- the lucky ranveer kapoor you know but it, i mean sort like that doesn't I mean, everybody's fucked up so <laughs> also there's a lot of trade offs that you get with this life right i mean a lot of those guys if they're in the normal state it's tough because you when they say that you're living the dream you 
they're not wrong so yeah. you should be grateful but at the same time you wish you would tell them that yeah but first of all you're in journalism like nothing great is happening yeah. like, no no big muck like money is being made and there's so so much yeah you get by doing the traditional thing also so it's like grass is always greener yeah yeah exactly yeah i think for me also like making a short film was the thing i realized how oh, i could do that rahul sir uh rahul yeah yeah rahul rahul sorry <laughs> i'm sorry I, i'm calling him rahul sir from today <laughs> Yeah, no, my, my journey was a little accidental. Um, first of all, I started writing, like, I, I wrote my first professional film review when I was almost 28. So, I started really late in life, which is why I envy a lot of people who start, like, at 20, 21, you know, you're people with already journalism degrees and then already working in big, big yeah. publications, yeah. which means you already have, like, a good night, like, eight to nine, a head start. So, I'm sure, like, you know, so, so for me, it's still, like, I'm still learning because, first of all, I didn't go to like a journalism school, so uh, sort of on the job, the kind of learning that keeps you occupied mentally saying, okay, oh shit, I didn't know this about, you know, writing or I didn't know this about criticism. So for me, I'm still like a student trying to figure out his way, uh, even right now, like after all these years. But uh, again, like I, I, I went, you know, I went through the whole college route, didn't uh, dropped out of the whole MBA race, um, tried to work a job. I was a market analyst for exactly three weeks in 2008, uh, 2007 actually. Uh, and, and it was in a big company and uh, I was at a desk like you see in the movies. And within three weeks, I was like, I, I went to my boss and told him, listen, my father is dying. Oh. So, <laughs> so, I, I need to, so I need to quit tomorrow. So otherwise he wouldn't have let me go. Like I didn't know how to say I want to quit. So, and, and then my father, then, then I went home and my father's like, what if, something actually happens now how bad will you feel so uh, I, I felt really guilty about that but as soon as I did that I, I did like I, I started giving these entrance exams for film courses uh, one or two I gave only one or two and I got into XIC in 2008 which uh, which has a film and uh, TV and video production course there so I just wanted to like learn about the basics of filmmaking from there to figure out what I wanted to do so I did that one year course it's more or less a crash course uh, I wouldn't really recommend it, but what it did do is give me a sense that I might be uh, cut out for writing. Maybe not so much for filmmaking, because I don't like people in general. So I don't like being around. <laughs> I don't like talking a lot. So so because and if you don't like all that, you cannot be a director. You know, yeah. you cannot. It's not possible. So uh, so if you cannot be on the set, then what is the thing you can do? So it all was all like trial and error for me. Like you cut out like. You, you're eliminating one profession after the other and then I settled on writing and then even the writing thing took another four years to figure out because I was first you know just trying to uh, trying my hand at you know documentaries and, and research and, and script writing and stuff like that I worked for a couple of filmmakers uh, small time filmmakers in Bombay uh, try to you know learn here and there but you can't learn shit from anyone here because you know you just can't they are not generous people so, uh, so, so yeah, once I realized that, okay, I, I need to start paying the bills and I need to figure out how to survive in Bombay. That's when, uh, the film reviewing thing happened by accident because one of my friends, uh, was running a website and, and he had quit to become like a film critic elsewhere. So he got me into this blog where I, I started writing, uh, film reviews for free for two years or so. Like they didn't pay me. I was just doing it because I wanted to see how this whole reviewing ecosystem works. I used to get very excited when I used to get to go for free to uh, for press shows and I used to see Anupama Chopra. I used to see Rajiv Masan and, and I was like, these are big people. Yeah, these people come in, come on TV and uh, you know, I've seen them like all my life on, on like our screens and all shit. If, 
ever reach there it'll be amazing so uh, so yeah i mean that's how it started and i guess over time it started accidentally but over time once i realized that i have no other choice and this i need to be good at this that's when you start really putting your mind to it uh, you know i and and i didn't even i don't know for some reason i didn't think of a journalism course it didn't never occur to me because i did a tv and video production course even though there was a journalism course in the same college so yeah. i had no idea i wanted to be like in this field till i actually started doing it so I, again whenever i have to explain my journey to you know anyone i say don't do not try this at home it's not possible like yeah. it's very dangerous you have no backup so yeah that that was really much sachin uh, i think If Vishal's journey was like traditional, Rahul's was accidental. Mine is very cliche, like it's very like uh, textbook. But no way, I I was working in banking in London, and that's that's when again I was just watching a lot of movies. And at some point, I uh, I just I was headed where I and I used to like literally my commute to work was literally watching Anu on. First it was Front Row, and then after that is the early as a film companion. So that was like the big inspiration, and that I didn't even aspire to be a part of this world. I just it was just a big deal for me as a fan, and I remember I just started. I decided to start writing reviews for myself and then at some point me and my friend decided to start a blog so we were just writing for that and then over the next one year while I was also working full time I just I started reviewing watching every release reviewing we started covering press conferences and stuff in London um like the all the hindi film stuff and at some point it actually became I used to go to my job just to work on my website write all that kind of stuff like it was just and i remember asking i called one of my friends who was interning at the quint or something here and i said look hypothetically if i wanted to do this how would i do it he said very simple you quit your job come here start from scratch i said go screw yourself but then like <laughs> six months passed and i was like after a point it becomes a thing you can't you no longer cannot do like it's all you think about so after i finished two years of banking i took the decision i still have no idea how and i, I left that and i didn't have i didn't know people here i had family and friends but nothing more than that and then I came here and it is probably the dumbest or bravest thing whatever you want to call it but like Rahul said I I do not <laughs> I do not recommend it um and for the first year and a half I was freelancing so I was literally just reviewing stuff myself writing for a few other bits and on hindsight it was a very important time for me just to understand how the industry worked how jump bylines all that stuff um I remember I mean before I actually physically moved to Bombay I was like talking to Rahul a lot I wrote a couple of things for you know his website and just picking his brain a lot just about cuz i didn't have anyone who liked film i didn't have any of that stuff so and then so that was a big deal for me then i came here was freelancing at that time it was a very depressing time i was like i've screwed up my life and it's exactly like vishal said where everyone around you becomes a different person your dad literally literally he just like he said random people just come relatives you haven't met for years just come home to lecture you and it just feels like shit um but on hindsight it was a very important time but at that time i was just overthinking it and then i did ycl uh just part of mommy and then i got a job at mommy for a year and then fc happened and then now i'm here so it's just um and yeah and now i'm working for now so that's <laughs> it's just sometimes i do think like you're you were on the like on your commute to work watching fc stuff and then now you're on the other side so it's a cool pinch me yeah so, so. someone else is watching you today on fc and in like oh nice <laughs> except there nobody watching me is quitting that job <laughs> from banking and moving to bombay but i take your point you know sometimes i, I look back at my life and you know it feels like like a character in a movie right the whole arc they are foreshadowing of what will happen and i do sometimes see oh yeah you know i could see there were hints throughout the life way which lead me to here so do do you guys think like that do you think believe in destiny bro like all that is good if it's a happy ending like but if you <laughs> generally shitty then what are you know? <laughs> no we know art movies right <laughs> they don't need happy ending <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. open ended art movie and the only romanticized side 
in hindsight, I feel like you always romanticize mm-hmm. it, right? Like I, I was never the writer. I'm trying my best to be one now and learn as much. But like you then think of all the times when you were a kid, you felt you were creative and you enjoyed that stuff. But it's always on hindsight. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes maybe it's maybe it was not destiny. But if this is your journey, it's cool to see that if you from 10 years ago could see you now. Like mm-hmm. as long as that kid is happy, like you feel like you're doing something, right? If that person is like, you know, great, this is exciting, then that's the win. But I don't know about destiny because that just means that you can't screw up and like, <laughs> can. No, so like, I want to ask you, this is a question I asked myself. So, Sujin so from 10 years ago, would he be very happy with who he is now? Oh, he's, uh, apart from my personality, his brain would explode. Like his brain would legit explode. <laughs> like, insane. Like in the sense that when you're a fan of the movies, you don't even have the capacity to think of, I want to work there. Or even when you're watching like FC interviews and, you know, like mommy stuff and following YCL, like you don't even think of, I want to be part of this. I'm just, you're just privileged to be a fan. So to be on the other side of it is insane. It's definitely not easy. <laughs> and it's a lot of very tough stuff. But in terms of the work itself, like, yeah, it's insane. It's, it's absolutely insane. Rahul? Yeah, I don't know about destiny or anything. I, I don't try to romanticize <laughs> the journey <laughs> itself because I think God knows we romanticize the movies enough. Uh, every day uh, but like uh, I don't know obviously there were signs and all like but you're never as Suchin said you know you're too reverential of something to actually think that you can be part of it if something is larger than life like movies or like you know uh, uh, Anu on TV like in, you know on, on the show she used to do you don't actually think you can do that one day and all and I always believe that even while you're doing something you love like when we did get into film criticism or journalism uh, down the line uh, a lot of people even ask me now that, you know, how did you reach where you reached? First of all, you know, you haven't reached anywhere. Just a way of asking. But like, uh, when they asked that, I was like, the thing is, if you keep thinking while you're working that this is where I want to reach, this is who I want to be one day, which the movies teach you and wrongly yeah. teach you that you need to have ambition. This is where I'm going to sit one day on a chair and give orders to people. Sure, it's all well and good on paper, but if you actually think you're going to do that, uh, if you actually have a definite idea of what you want to be while you're doing it, you will never reach. Like, I had no idea that five, uh, like 10 years ago that I wanted to say, you know, be a writer or like sort of do film criticism in the way I- I'm doing it right now. So, uh, so like, even when, you know, when you ask that, like, it, it's a very surreal question because uh, I keep thinking that if I knew that, uh, there was a way to reach where I am right now or where, uh, where you know, whatever stage that you're at right now, then uh, would you actually reach that stage? No, I don't think so. Like the whole thing is my journey started accidentally. So I think because you take it day by day, because you want to actually get past a Friday and write a review that is readable and that, you know, people do not like really tear you apart for and they do, like they tear all of us apart in different weeks. So uh, like you get past week by week and before you know it, those weeks have added up into something. And that something is what people look at from the outside saying, oh shit, you know, this is a body of work. I've never thought of it as a body of work till, like, till, people, till someone actually tells me that this is what how much you've done or this is what you've done and I remember this and uh, uh, this is where you are at right now. But you should never stop to think where you're at because if you do, then you'll start realizing what went behind you. You'll start romanticizing that journey and then you'll start thinking about what you want to achieve ahead of you. And yeah. then you'll make it too, uh, you know, dry and clear cut and and then nothing will be left to chance. And if nothing is left to chance, then what is the point of writing? Like, what is the point of doing what we do? So I guess a lot of it is by chance and I think 
every time we write say do a good job at our work that is not because we want to reach somewhere it's because we want to reach the next monday most of the time yeah. so i think that's a good thing yeah but now one thing i want to ask you is you know you said uh, when you went for the press screening rajiv masan anu and it was like a big butterfly yeah. like what's going on there like that's happened a lot so i want to ask you like cuz you start off with you and the laptop in the movie right it is nothing matters more than you your experience of the film and putting it in words so when you get when you get out in the real world go to the press screenings and cuz that used to really mess with me for either like press screenings or even when i went to like film festival premieres and everyone is just hyping that film and you saw something completely different and exactly like vishal said your uh, instinct is so fragile like did you have a tough time just holding on to like nothing else matters apart from my experience with the film i don't care it's just about this and everything else can go to hell till i've written the rip yeah because like the, the the good thing about film criticism or the the way the way our jobs are is that you get to watch a film more often than not before other people do and with the other film critics right so you're watching it with an anu or a rajiv or like the rest of them right so because of that you don't really know how the film is going to be perceived at that point and nobody talks during those screenings okay so so when you go home you're anyways alone you can you can't second guess yourself like you don't know how the discourse is going to be two days down the uh, down the line i i think i just was talking to someone about it a couple of days ago saying you know how does it like is it difficult to be like different uh, with your opinions or is it difficult to like form your own opinion when you know the whole world is going Uh, uh in an opposite way but the point is you don't know the whole world is going in love on a thursday on a wednesday you don't know how a bahubali is going to be received and you do not know how a bajrangi bhaijan is actually going to be a decent film so like when you are actually writing saying oh i enjoyed bajrangi bhaijan i think it's one of salman's best film i think this is the only salman film i you are actually speaking for yourself then and then down the line people say oh shit he was right about that film oh, oh shit he had a different opinion about ek mein aur or ek too but that is in hindsight when you are actually doing it you are you are in the same boat as the rest of them you don't know you are going to be a contrarian you don't know you are going to be different from them but a lot of those yeah. press screenings are like apart from anu and rajiv and like the series journalists there are a lot of cartoons there as well the talent comes there yeah, you know yeah. there's a lot of buzz around that so even sometimes you feel i wish i was watching it with a normal audience so i could be left alone to just watch the movie rather than everybody just so is it never distracting uh yeah i mean it is acting most of them, but i think that that's one of the job as a right like obviously like people hear of a pressure audience from outside and think oh shit i'm fancy like all these fancy film critics go and watch it and uh, and you know you know decide with a glass of whiskey in their hand which is all rubbish because uh, <laughs> because the kind of people that actually come to watch it at least 70% of the the screening is uh, people you have never heard of people who have not yeah. the profession people who are relatives of journalists or of film people so the actual audience is only 20 or 30% where and if you notice a lot of film critics will want to sit separately trying to escape like other film critics or other people in general because they can hear how a film is being received and you don't want to be part of that that yeah. us that that uh, certain discourse that's happening in live uh, in sort of live Uh, time so you don't want to be part of that most and i sort of got used to that so like anyways i you know by by for some weird reason very on i was known to have different opinions so i didn't have to really go against the grain or anything it was just because over a period of time once you get into a certain rhythm with these pressures and now that there are no pressures all the more it's actually even more vivid now because you're actually watching it at the same time without all the noise around you yeah your opinions are the same like in the sense they are they, they, the, the same people are thinking the same thing and you are thinking how you were expected to think two years ago which which is magical and bizarre at the same time so 
it says a lot about how you perceive your own or how much confidence you have in yourself or your own opinions or your formulation of a film yeah. sorry no no I'll, I'll shut up now <laughs> no 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 it's all right uh, do any of you know how rajesh is doing i think he was i heard he's in... i heard he's doing better i had uh, 10 days ago i heard he was out of icu and he was oh, okay better i don't know yeah. exactly today but he is supposed to be out of the scary zone if i'm not wrong uh, i just just want to quickly ask you guys uh, do we have time because uh, like i'm just not even halfway through and uh, <laughs> you know it's already an hour <laughs> So I'll just, I'll remove some of the stuff uh, because I think we have covered it. I'm definitely getting shouted at after this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to make it quick. Today, you know, with social media, everyone can put out their opinions. Uh, you know, they can create a YouTube channel and talk about movies. And you know, everyone is like a film reviewer critic today. So how do you look at it? Because you know, it's it's not just you know it, it doesn't matter that more people are watching their work than what you know you guys are writing, but also. because they're watching that their their uh, awareness about what film criticism is or for for a film review is is only becoming that so do you think that will that will indirectly impact what you are doing in coming years because you will be expected to you know uh, do something which people come and watch right because today is the day of clickbait and all of that stuff so do you think in coming days it will affect your work because that is getting more traction I don't, I don't like think so. I don't. Causes. I hope not. I hope not because I mean, um, uh, especially my my job in FC is to. I mean, uh, I'm uh, the numbers. That's my thing, right? Like I need to monitor the numbers uh, in film company. I need to see how stories are working, how stories, uh, you know, like what the stories are working. So uh, it's not. Of course, if you compare like page views to YouTube views, and if you're saying that's a review and this is a review, then YouTube views are at some some other level, right? Like page views will never match like one million, two million uh, YouTube views that uh, reviewers are getting. But um, uh, the, the audience that we have who come to read a particular review or a particular person's review, uh, that's like a multi program, right? Because you kind of Uh, 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 you you go to that person, and especially in FC and all that, it, it, we kind of really promote that. In the okay, this is Vishal's review, this is Rahul's review, this is Sushil's review. It's something FC accepts very very openly. So the second you click that review, uh, you kind of want to read that person's opinion. Many cases where there are there are totally opposing uh, opinions of the same film, right? So uh, when it's when it's something like that. Uh, and when it's it's this uh, when there's a culture uh, of people reading reviews proper like thousand thousand five hundred word reviews uh, so that culture of course the numbers might of course fall and it might I don't know what it's going to be in the future but that will stay you know so that has a different kind of a, a value to it um, um, but uh, uh, I mean is that is that is that your question I, I mean I'm talking about the whole numbers thing right the future of yeah because. Uh, See if if like five years back, right? If someone wants to read a review, they'll read you know Anupam Chopra, Rajiv Masan, your reviews, and they got into understanding what uh, film criticism is from that. But as you know, the new generation, right? They are learning about it through video YouTube videos, you know, where you, you cannot say they are. I'll not want to comment on how, what the content is, but. that's what they think the a film review is you know how many stars oh this was great that was great good or bad that's it that's what they feel and their limited knowledge growing you know going forward will be that because that is more accessible to people right so to do you think in future that will impact you because you to be stay relevant right you will be forced to you know be like them 
to dumb it down for them because they are trained in that sense i i think it also works like on the contrary this is the usual new and old thing that every profession faces it's yeah. not it's not just journalism right now and now more than ever obviously because of youtube and because of podcasts and you know various avenues and not to say one is lesser or one is more because the audience that say uh, watches a youtube video or listens to listens to a review is different because they lead a certain kind of life that only allows them to do that they are on their way to work or they are coming back from work and watching the phone right like so yeah. so they can't afford to actually consume more stuff they don't have enough time in that day to do that but the people who read reviews won't do it because as vishal said it's literally like a loyalty program you want to read those reviews you want to read the particular critic uh, you want to read text you know after yeah. sort of watching movies after like watching people all day you sometimes just like to read a lot of people are readers in this country too so i feel like it also works the other way right like the more the newer generation is conditioned to say uh, embrace the new media uh, new media sort of devices to like put their work out there at the same time i feel like i don't think a lot of us will um, if we want to that is if we choose to i don't think a lot of us will have to change what we do because i think what we do will also then gain its own sort of space because yeah. it, it's like an antique shop right if you see an antique shop in the middle of a uh, in in the middle of like 10 high rises you will find that antique shop charming so like yeah. for me text is that also for a lot of us text is that so suddenly people will come to us text or like a, a written review or a written feature piece and all and they'll be like okay uh you know that has its own charm at this point it's like that whole uh, you know sort of lucknow versus gurgaon type of yeah, you know to to yeah. put it very like in a cinematic manner that is the conflict we are facing most of the time so that old that old school charm the old world charm i i believe will always sort of sort of have some kind of space even as you know a particular profession is moving into the future like there will always be space because as as easy as it is to imagine that we are moving into the space age and soon robots will do a job and shit like that the the point is that we are humans and people will still want to read human things and sort of read what brains want to sort of write or or, or the person if he puts himself in or he or she puts himself in the review that is what they'd want to do and of course they'll go to youtube for a different kind of uh, uh, you know different kind of sort of uh, viewpoint or a different kind of uh, Uh, just consuming entertainment but i feel like they'll always be relevant it's up to the people who are how relevant they want it to be so so yeah it is scary but i also feel it helps a lot of us also adapt and raise our game at the same point because i think a lot of us are doing things we wouldn't have done 5 years ago you know like uh, i think uh, yeah. some of us who are doing videos are writing some of us who are writing are doing videos we are obviously you know trying our hand everywhere which is a good thing i, I feel like Overall, if you know you have more options in the future, it'll help you. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll, I'll give this one really short. I promise. No, but um, I was just gonna say, so internet-wise, a lot of it is cool. As with anything on the internet, there are some really cool perspectives out there. Like you see those amazing video essays that one podcast, and these are these aren't these are not necessarily professional journalists or whatever. But no, I think overall you do get a sense when when you Google you know latest movie review and you see so many so much crap out there. You do feel like it dilutes it that it is anyone can do it and somebody's and you can tell in ten seconds if someone is taking their review seriously. So you do somehow feel like it does dilute what the average person thinks of film criticism. But having said that, I really don't know. I mean, like we're in this world, we're all in the bubble. I have no idea what the average person thinks of reviews or what they think they should be or whether they're good or bad. Like my yeah. relationship is, my friends will ask me which. For recommendations, I'll give them some. They won't like it and think I suck. That's the extent of it. I have no idea what people think yeah. of that, but. 
even if everyone is doing something, um, I think that that just increases the value of a Rahul review or a Vishal review because you you can tell in ten seconds. You feel it when you're reading it. The insight, the knowledge, you know, you, that the value of that just goes up over time if everybody else is offering sort of something. And yeah, you you just sort of know immediately. That talking about uh, you know video and writing. All three of you know you started writing and then you went into video, right? So I have to know what's the difference for you, especially because of course you're writing for the video also. I'm but... awkward, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm comfortable with these kind of things, but I cannot. Like, I'm not a video guy. You you feel it, right? You feel. Uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying I. I feel like I'm a definite writer guy. I'm not feeling that also, but definitely <laughs> when it comes to videos, it's like you know. I feel like I'm only thinking about oh shit, like you know. uh i'm i'm thinking about people you know i'm not thinking about what i'm doing i'm only thinking about shit like am i making a fool of uh, this person or laugh at me don't have respect for me because i'm so awkward in front of the camera so uh videos i mean just i i'm very comfortable with clubhouse i feel because it's just <laughs> me talking and i mean i don't know i can shit however i want yeah. you know do whatever i want and just talk so but uh, videos are just not my thing So I did it because I had to, but it's not that you know. Some people are much better at it, right? Even video interviews and all that. See, I I like to think that I've done a few good interviews in my life, but they're all written interviews, you know, because that's that's how I am. You know, my my style is not conducive for videos. My style is to go talk to them for half an hour about random shit uh, to kind of create like a level of trust in them so that they can open up. You know, tell me all the things that that happen after the obvious first thirty minutes. But the second I'm on video. I've got so many questions, and I, I want. I'm expecting them to do exactly what other people are trying to do. So yeah. I'm just not meant for that. Uh, whereas, especially when it's writing in terms of, you know, writing like uh, things that I, I get time to write. You know, uh, I I don't know. Like I I need to read certain sentences thirty times, forty times, fifty times, and then realize I'm going to be unhappy no matter what, and then move on to the next sentence. So that's how I operate. So I need that comfort. With videos, I don't. You know, I don't have that freedom. You know, I'm gonna after this is over, I'm gonna be thinking. I'm gonna be asking myself, but what all shit did I say? Like, did I say stuff that I shouldn't have said? That's just how I am. So I'm not meant for videos. I think I'm meant for so Twitter. You know, there's 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 less space to screw up. Nobody's meant for Twitter. But no one do, huh? Everybody's horrible, miserable on Twitter. <laughs> What are you, Rahul? I don't do videos, so I really can't answer that question. And I hope to uh, go through an entire career without doing videos because I'm. If Vishal thinks he's bad at video, you should see me. So <laughs> it's just, it's just that personality is just like it's not like the whole thing is. I write because I can't speak, and you know I can't speak. I'm not mm. good at speaking. Like I, um, I can't find the right words. I can't find the right phrases. I, I talk shit sometimes. I go all over the point, and you know. So relatable. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I think most of us are writers uh, because also because we that's the best way to express us. And uh, you know, again, as you said, uh, every sentence takes a lot to uh, construct. Like it's not yeah. like it comes over in in two seconds to you saying, "Oh, ho gaya." Uh, this, this because I'm not speaking, uh, writing is happening magically. The amount of shit we have to go through just to get the grammar right in a sentence yeah. or to like get a thought like flowing into the next thought is. It's so difficult, and I keep thinking, "Oh shit, I should be reading more. This would be easier." But then, at the same time, I think that if I was reading more, then you know, I wouldn't work this hard to write so well. So I keep having that battle in my head, and also I don't do videos because it's obvious. I, I can't do that. 
as in i i i feel like i'm i'm too in it right now to have any sort of valuable perspective uh like i i've i mean i really struggle struggle as in with writing as in i don't i still don't consider myself a writer i think i can write to some degree but when you when you wishal rahul pratish kale you're like okay that is a writer that is but it's great to be around them because you really feel like you, you sort of learn a lot with video it's it is it is very weird uh exactly like wishal said it's hard to tune out the noise because on the one hand you are interviewing or talking or reviewing x thing and you're doing it because you care about x thing but then there is also how you're coming across there's just so much unnecessary stuff which really does mess with your head what i try and do as as the intent with video is you, you just try and you just try and focus on the thing it's rare and it won't always happen but you just try like if you're talking to an actor you just try and focus on the conversation the fact that you're genuinely engaged in their work when you're reviewing on camera which i haven't done that much but the point is you just talk about the thing that you care about to when you're doing an insta live you just you, you try and ignore the stupid numbers in the comments and you I, i'm video calling someone whose work i'm hopefully genuinely engaging with and you're just trying to be in the moment as to the writing video thing it is interesting cuz when i started doing video it's less now i literally used to do it as a writer i don't know like i used to write like i used to literally write a script so i used to write the exact questions and then it's up to suchin the video guy to try and see if he can live up to the the writer guy like you've literally almost designed a conversation you've written questions exactly as you want them to go now let's see if you can pull it off but then sometimes i also do things with reviews a bit i do think video has helped my writing a little bit because it when you're writing it's too easy to not be pretentious but you get sometimes you really get drawn into the things you feel like you should say or, or the way you you feel like you should say them but yeah. with video because there is a bit more of that casual thing and you're forced to then write things that you like 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 you would say them out loud and i, I and anyone will tell you that's the best tip for writing just read the whole thing out and you'll see what stands out and when you sort of write with that in your head it It, it makes it more honest or clear in some way. So I think yeah. the way the two interact is quite interesting. But I, I still don't know which one. I'm too in it to know if I'm good or, or if I'm equally. Yeah. I'm just trying my best. You know, I, I think I think I feel that video is uh, simpler because you know when you write, right? You have put it out, and now somehow someone reads it. It's you know it depends on them. But and it depends on how good you are writer that you can you know convey it hundred percent that they don't think anything else. they think what you're trying to say right but in a video i after writing it out i'm like how i say it where i take the pause you know what facial expression i make i can add to and they they just have to okay ah okay i got this you know there's no interpretations zero interpretations <laughs> i my guess i i definitely disagree with you i'm guessing these guys will as well like when you're writing something you are completely in control it's like even when you're writing or fighting with someone when you're writing like you are in control of exactly what you're saying how you're saying it when you have to say it verbally exactly like vishal said you're going to overthink it later that is you with yourself you have time to construct it it is it is the best way you can say something but again even with your words like it's always like did i did i yeah sometimes i feel like it's the opposite but what do you guys think yeah i feel like it's script writing and acting right like it, there's yeah. there's a way a performer has to like perform the words that's written on script and people say that scripts are normally elevated by actors on screen or by performers on screen uh and stuff like that but then it's up to the performer to sort of really interpret what the script is trying to say i you know I, i also don't mind that people don't sometimes like maybe in the minority i don't mind that people don't uh, understand a particular sentence or a paragraph that i want the way i want them to understand it in fact yeah. if they interpret it in another way i'm open to that also like i like it if people take their own meanings out mm. of it because then uh, that makes what you do also a different kind of art also right like yeah. then people are trying to understand uh, and and it's it's it happens sometimes you know people say oh shit you know the way you said 
uh, the way you wrote that in that review i completely agree with that in my head is like i did not write that actually i did not mean yeah. but okay or due to some error of uh, translation or some actually some fateful sort of uh, uh, almost misfortune they, they understood it in the way that maybe i couldn't have written it in so that happens sometimes and and you have to be open to that like that's that yeah. depends on how good or how bad a writer you are or what you want to convey sometimes in with your words so. Yeah, I, I remember. You know, in the beginning, I was so again as Rahul said, right? I stumble. I cannot. What I'm thinking in my head, it's not coming out the same yeah. way. So I still literally write sentences and you know look at that, read it, then you know look at the second line, read it, and edit it that way. And now you know it's become more easier. So I think that maybe that's the you know uh, experience, and you know as you do it more, it becomes better. Uh, next thing I want to ask: uh, Do you get tired of movies? <laughs> <laughs> tired of watching movies do you does it happen you know, i'm But, absolutely sick of movies right now <laughs> like apps completely like out of love you know like i just hate it it's like a but we need to take a break kind of phase yeah so i'm just like somehow i don't know what i don't know what i'm going to do uh, like i have been like I, i haven't finished a single series other than the movies i need to watch to review I haven't watched anything, and I have no excitement to watch anything. I haven't watched Shazmi. I haven't watched Luca. I really started Luca thinking, dude, like easy peasy. It's definitely like a movie I'm going to finish watching, but I have no like nothing in me to even watch Luca. So I just need to take a break. I just want to like you know like put my brain into like a washing machine, just wash it and just put it back. So yeah. yeah. How long have you felt like that? Maybe two, two, three weeks. So it's like relatively new. Yeah, because I remember thinking I, I was on a damn good streak, you know, of, of like like finishing all the DVDs that I needed to kind of finish. Because uh, anyway, my, my home theater stopped working, so I have it's just a waste of space, and it's just the DVD place. So I want to get rid of that as well. So before that, I had about forty-five films to kind of finish watching because I have the great DVD. feeling. Yeah, so I just finished that, and after that, I st- two or three weeks don't want to watch anything. Now I'm watching the Kominsky method, but I'm like. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Whatever. You know, it's just happening, and I know it's like damn good stuff, but I just, just somehow, just finishing it. <laughs> I I asked that question because you know it's like someone wants to take off time from their work. They watch movies, right? And for us, like if we want to take off time, what to do? You know, and that too in the pandemic, that there's nothing else to do more than that, right? And now you know. It's like, like if you why you write, right? Why you make videos? You want to put your voice out about that film, right? You want to share it with the world. And every time you watch something, your mind is constantly, oh that thing, oh this thing, oh that. Thing. I'm like, stop! Sometimes I just want, want to, to watch sh- movies. Sometimes you want to share it with the world. Certain films you do, others you have to. Like it's the <laughs> yeah, but the point is that you know, uh, because like uh, I think Rahul sir, you went to uh, sentence, right? And it's like you're watching all the movies, and they're so dense. There's so much to talk about, and you have to put out the reviews, right? Constantly. That's your work, you know. There's nothing else. Like, how how do you do that? Like, you know, sometimes do do you feel like I just want to watch a movie for myself, and it doesn't happen because you have been training for years to know. I have to, you know, find out the thing in that and write it out, and you know, um, like my review should matter, my voice should matter because you know I'm thinking about these things. Yeah, the- I asked Rahul. That exact question. It was for a press screening two years. I can't remember when it was. It was about is there a difference when you're watching movie as an audience versus reviewing? I remember asking that exact question. Of like, does it change something in your head? It yeah. changes how you view. Yeah. So that that's. I mean, I'm I'm I um, I'm very sick of watching movies right now. Same as Vishal. Like, I think I've needed a break for the last two months or so, and I'm on autopilot right now. Like, I for me. 
to finish Luca took four hours. It's a one and a half hour movie. Oh, so, <laughs> but I forced myself to finish it because I was like, yeah, like I was not finishing anything. So it's difficult. Like everyone goes through these phases. More so with the pandemic and all, it's tough. Like, but you know, if to answer your question about like, uh, um, you know, wanting to just watch stuff for the heck of it, and then your movie critic brain coming on, like, or being having to see the thing is, I think all of us will agree that when we put something out there it has to be really it has yeah. to be solid okay yeah. it cannot be half assed it cannot be that are yaar i got bored while watching it so i'm going to get bored while writing i won't put too much effort into writing it i don't think any of us have the choice to do that by by personality like you can't do that so you have to be careful about then what you put out something especially in festivals like badi would be a great guy to answer about festivals because he's gone to a bunch of them but like from one or two like year foreign festivals that have gone through i can tell you that when you're there like uh, first of all there are so many things you want to do there and then you realize that you have to actually review films i mean it's not my first priority there the thing is like then when you decide to sit down and review a film you'll be like oh shit now i can't do it only in half an hour or one hour it's not possible you have to spend half of the night doing it so i tend to then be very selective about what i'm writing about there there are times when i have sometimes written about films that i might find easy to write because like you cannot write about it everything you watch you know at festivals and all but you need to write about stuff that you know uh, that that will that you know cannot be substandard at the same time so uh, i feel like that pressure weighs down on you after a while like it's human to like you know not have anything to do uh, sometimes yeah. when your own profession is doing that like uh, i mean last 3 months i was watching mad men and i only finished it like 3 days ago um, to watch it and i was watching it during my meals so then it became you know in the nights and stuff like that so i'm at a very distracted stage right now myself like i'm not you wouldn't ever say you're not in love with the movie watching yeah uh, uh, with movies but sometimes you can fall out of love with movie watching so yeah. to say because like it it does take a toll on you and you should allow yourself to like be, be a little fragile especially in this last 6 months or so and you know i and tomorrow that's why i'm traveling i'm going back home to my hometown and spend i've not booked a return ticket because i need a change of scene i like maybe i might feel like watching movies better there because my father is there logical mindset might be like okay he likes watching it i might like watching it you know nobody likes watching it i'm alone so i guess you're trying different things now to just keep up you know it's, it's like i think what suchin said right the difference between uh, watching it as a critic and watching it as a audience but my my question is can you even watch as a audience because i i don't think i can watch it anymore like an audience i, I because my my brain doesn't stop thinking about oh, how how ca- i can you know say that what's that you know how to break it down and all of that i mean a critic is an audience also right like, yeah <laughs> but you know i I'm, i'm talking about i'm talking about before you ever wrote a review right i don't Those remember days. how i used to be watching yeah. films then because yeah. i was also an idiot then yeah. <laughs> we used to go watch films for like various reasons and whatever and sure we never used to think about films like that but the yeah. whole point is now that you do think about films like this how to derive enjoyment from it yeah. by having this brain right like this despite always trying to sort of but i don't see my, like when i know i'm not going to review a film i'm still watching it with less pressure i can tell you that yeah. like when i'm watching yeah. such, like i'm putting on a halston tomorrow because and i know i don't have to review it I'm watching it for my own pleasure, and I know I don't have a deadline. I know I don't have to take notes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, sometimes, uh, the, you know, just watch it with a freer mind. But it also so happens that sometimes, like an idiot, I put it on Twitter, and then then Moeni messages me saying, "Acha, you want to review it or what?" And then I realize I'm not taking notes, oh. <laughs> and I was watching it for my pleasure, and I was like, "Oh shit, I have to I have to review it as an audience." I, have, I remember nothing. 
that happens many times that, that is also a different kind of writing like that yeah. that also is freer in a way because you're not like constraining yourself to these parameters you made on paper or in your head and suddenly you're like oh shit this is how i used to watch movies earlier that happens to me like every now and then but i've stopped tweeting about shit i just watch for fun we've all done things <laughs> like that you, you learned the hard way of <laughs> where to <laughs> and how it comes up to fight you yeah are you watching always for work or for yourself that's another thing that i find very weird that like you, you know you have to watch this to review it or whatever this is for work then there's also that big release which you might not be reviewing you're doing it either because you want to you might not be reviewing family man but either because you want to or you feel the pressure like you have to or at the same time sometimes you're watching stuff for fun like like a madman like rahul was saying and then because you love it as an audience it it'll become work somewhere down the line so yeah. even as an audience it's very weird when i'm thinking what what is the pressure to watch these six things every week is it part of it is work part of it is i want to or i feel like i have to that even that line gets very blurred by fast yeah hmm. yeah also one thing you know i i started uh, watching movies you know the classics very late in my life i think 2 3 years back only so there's so many movies i have not watched if i ask you all 10 10 classics you recommend i'm sure i've not seen any of them so do do you think that that fear or whatever you want to call it that you'll never able to you know watch all of them i i i you know because uh, for me like when no a chance. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> because when it's a movie chronic. you'll never you'll never <laughs> ever ever get on top of that list unless you have vishal's 45 dvd <laughs> because you know i'm you know if like i'm reviewing movies a hollywood movie a bollywood uh, from all the uh, languages each week so everyone every time i make a re- oh i have not seen that also okay i have not seen that also no classics of malayalam no classics of tamil no classics of hollywood you know i'm i'm lost i feel like oh what am i doing now you know is like you know that existential crisis kind of a thing so is is that something familiar <laughs> uh, i think it's chronic it never goes away just you're never going to have enough film knowledge i don't know many other jobs where you literally be like the only thing you know is you're never going to know enough ever yeah <laughs> yeah and it upsets me also it's like earlier i used to i used to be reasonably comfortable with it but now on twitter when uh, when someone talks about a, a director like whose entire filmography you have no clue about you know yeah i'm like dude what the fuck have i done with my life how can i call yeah. myself a critic if i don't know an entire director you know yeah i don't know i don't even know which latin so when all that happens it's like i get really disturbed and i get mind fucked but then i mean especially like like i i see i see how badly works i mean i work as badly very closely right but when when uh, when he, somebody goes and uh, speaks to him about a certain film i see how comfortable he is by with saying no i haven't watched it no yeah. how is it okay that wow. like that gave me a lot of comfort because that's how it is because uh, uh, you know like uh, uh, especially in, in like in my case because like, i'm expected to know malayalam tamil and no like at least at least english almost entirely and all that it's like i i i'm not i don't know where to start it's yeah. too difficult and and i just want to make peace with the fact that okay i'm not going to be the guy who knows who's watched every movie but it's also like because that you get a lot of comfort with other critics like what he like paddy saying that i haven't watched i mean i've even sometimes even like towel and anwar talking even if you hear terms like i didn't get it or i didn't you know and you're like i didn't know we're allowed to say that mm-hmm. and it just suddenly makes you feel better that you're allowed to not get it you're a human like you know it's it's okay you can't be yeah. and again you will never be the person who's seen the most movies you'll never be the person who has the most knowledge it's yeah. all you can do is for that thing that you're reviewing you can put your life and soul into it also yeah. i think the pandemic has helped because there's never been more stuff like this wasn't true 18 months ago it's true today it is now harder than ever for the three of us to all be on the same page of having seen everything there yeah. is there's a ray there's a family man there's a dhanush film there's 
there's the Hollywood thing. It's, it is physically impossible that everyone's on a different. Yeah. And so at that point, what do you do? Between Netflix and World Cinema and Oscars, you're literally just choosing and taking it a day at a time. Yeah. Yeah, you literally have to choose uh, what you're going to be a specialist at right now. Yeah. You cannot. Yeah. You cannot yeah. be do everything. It's not possible. Sure, like you're reviewing, like uh, you know, you'll be reviewing a certain section of films, either Bollywood or South or or Hollywood or whatever it is for that matter. But then what I watch for leisure then changes, right? Like yeah. Because I'm reviewing Bollywood. I, I'm I'm watching a Malayalam film or something for my leisure, but you know Vishal is actually reviewing that, so yeah. it's it's impossible to really catch up. What you can try to do is just like keep an eye out as to what your you know your contemporaries are writing or watching, so that then you know you're not too out of the loop. Like you know I I see what Badi and Vishal are reviewing, so that I don't have absolutely zero knowledge of what's happening. You know south of Bombay, like yeah. because it's so natural for us to do that. Like and. Yeah. And it's so natural for us to just go into this uh, tunnel vision sort of thing and not watch films from anywhere, which is fine, you know. Like, I, I, but I, and I've sort of gone the opposite. Like, I used to be worried about this ten years ago, saying shit, I haven't watched anything. But now I'm fine with it because I know for a fact that there are people half my age who watch more than I, and yeah. I'm not even kidding about this. Like, hundred percent, they can name shit that like on quizzes on like there's shit that I don't know about. Like, that's when you're actually pulled back down to earth and saying that okay but it's, there's nothing wrong with that what what matters is how you look at something to someone else you know or you know yeah. how you look at a particular film it's not how much you watch how much you watch will derive how you look at things eventually but then it's up to you as to you know how you sort of uh, uh, sort of really make sense of something in your head so sure you'll get FOMO all the time and it's good to be ashamed of yourself it means <laughs> you're healthily thinking of like films and all but yeah after a while i've just given up like uh, i think i watched my first ray film two years ago what, what do you do like yeah. you were just that's your headline yeah you just weren't there <laughs> like i was godfather only 10 years ago first time yeah. so uh, yeah so that's how it is okay that has relieved and, me and a lot i'm really, i've really come across people like i mean it's like whatever you know, like uh, we've also grown up watching films but I've, i've really met people who who watch like like Kaslowski films now with their parents age standard nine standard Yeah. How do you compete with that? There are people who have that kind of culture at home, who kind of going masters and you know, who who know how to read like uh, Berkman when before then the ten standards. So like, what do you do? Like yeah. good for them. So, <laughs> <laughs> now we have now, a, we have somebody who works for us at FC called Sahir, and I remember I bumped into him at a film workshop like four years ago before I ever knew him, and there he spoke about how he binge. He used to binge, you know. Uh, he used to do Ray movie marathons, like literally. And I'm like, at that point, you're never going to ever, you know, you can't. And that's like yeah. Vishal said, you can't compete with that. So it's yeah. it's the perspective you bring. It's your relationship. Like an intern who's working with us, he finished every Scorsese movie in one week. Oh, <laughs> every Scorsese movie. Like I'm like, how does that happen? You know, like he got one of those box sets or whatever, and he just finished it. And I believe him. That's the thing. It's not like if he was happy, I feel much more happy. You know. <laughs> I, I trust that he did. They have youth and they have time. <laughs> As part of myself, I finished Game of Thrones in a week. So now that's nothing. <laughs> I've not watched a frame of that show, so we can. Yeah, yeah, I've kept it for like like a disease for my I've old age. For jaundice. <laughs> <laughs> Next week. <laughs> so I, I had a lot of uh, existential questions, but I think we should not go into them. uh moving on uh last few questions uh for you what is a good film versus a great film what is the definition for you or is there a definition like can you define it 
I don't like man when you ask take pause. I'm like shit. Then don't ask questions. <laughs> you ask. I'm worried. Am I asked a dumb question? Simple questions also seem very deep because you know you've not thought about. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, oh. what is a good film? What is a great film? Uh, there are two adjectives here in this sentence, and <laughs> they can mean different things to different people. Is all I'm going to say. No, but for you personally, I've. Personally, only I'm saying. Like for me, what is a great film? I I not like a lot of uh, classics. Does that make them less not great films? No, I'm sure they were greats in their own way because you know they were portraits of a particular generation or reflections of a particular generation. But it's down to your opinion or your relationship with the film. Like I can't even stress this enough because right now, like when you watch greats or classics of the 70s or 60s five decades behind to get you know out of context so you're not going to look at those films the same way a lot of people did over the last 50 years so you yeah. have to like anyways sort of just excuse yourself from that sort of headspace and conversation and uh, you know like there are a lot of like i don't know like you i don't think in terms of good and great films i think in terms of how much i loved something or how much i did not like something now yeah. that does not make the film good or great but for me in my life sure if i can convince people that this is a good film uh, then that is my definition of a good film uh, this reminds me of an, i saw an interview with roger ebert yeah. and gene siskel where they had to talk about this and they had an interesting definition where it wasn't that specific but gene siskel said that for him to think a movie is great he has to like all of it <coughs> quite a lot and for roger ebert to love a film he has to like part of it a lot so i thought that that was at least something that worked for them Yeah. But also I think the problem with this question is it also comes down to which is a, I think a lot of the reason people don't understand from criticism is they, you know what is objectivity you know can you be objective when people say you know uh, that's is it your is it just your personal reception to a film or can you objectively argue that this film has all its basics in place that's why when they say give an honest unbiased review and all that kind of stuff yeah. I mean I think that's something like I don't know can you be objective can you say this film is objectively good or is it just my personal response or if a lot of people really liked it then it's great i don't know how you if you can tangibly measure that or easily is art and everyone yeah. has their own react vishal sir if you ask me about this especially now no i think it's very easy for a film to be a good film because there are so many rules there so many things that's happening generally like especially on social media let, let me not say it's the world and all that but the kind of important cinemas given right now on social media state cinema is supposed to have on society it's very easy for a film to be a good movies prefer to be a good movie because there's so many things that it can do to be a good movie but i think a, a film that that you feel is great right is is beyond this uh, you know is it, is it is it a movie that you are expecting it to be great it's it's something beyond that it's beyond uh, 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 parameters of the present time and what people are going to think about it it's something that's about that so uh, eventually a great film is something that you're going to be fighting for even though you're not really sure you know uh, it, it's going to leave you take you to a really confusing place where uh, you don't know you know there's so much at risk for you to have an op- wrong opinion right now uh, but so that's i think what great movie is because really to be a good movie right now is very very easy there aren't many good movies i agree but then the, the to the effort to become a good movie is very 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 easy you can you can fake that but uh, to become a great movie i think become way more tougher yeah. so it's beyond uh, what it does right it's, it's it's more complicated than that yeah okay 
uh i i had a question about uh, our superhero movies cinema but i think we should not go in that <laughs> it will we are two hours uh, again no rao uh, loves this question we should no, no, okay, so <laughs> grow up with superhero movies did you grow up with uh, uh, are you able to get the whole mcu dc uh, hype for me uh, i mean i i grew up with superhero movies which is why i don't get the mcu dc hype it's <laughs> <laughs> a good answer <laughs> So yeah I mean I was a big superhero fan yeah. till till like till Marvel made it like or DC or whatever it is made it like a like a thing like it used to be I I my favorite films is to be all superhero films and everything but I'm just not getting that I'm just not getting I feel like I'm too old for this whole MCU kind because I watched Avengers and the first Iron you Man time, exactly yeah. when I'm watching and I liked it all yeah I liked it yeah but somehow now it's something <laughs> else it's become I just cannot keep track of it. This is too many superheroes. Yeah? <laughs> so it, it is getting no. It is. It is. I mean, if you just look at the proportion of the industry, how many of the big films, how many are getting made, how much is at Marvel, how many like it is a lot. Like even for fans to keep track of is insane. And either you think of it as amazing storytelling planning or like just capitalizing as much as possible. But yeah, just keeping track of it is getting longer and more and more tiring every day. Yeah. I think surprisingly for me I got into it very late you know it was I think the second Avengers film was my first Marvel film I watched in theaters and I think just before a year I you know caught up and everything because you know the peer pressure or something like that uh but I'm a fan anyways <laughs> uh moving on the last thing and to ask you know uh young people who want to you know be at your place what you're doing today so what would your advice to be uh to them could be run away run in the opposite <laughs> direction do something invest in stocks i don't know get bitcoin <laughs> we're not giving you financial advice here please don't listen to us <laughs> nah <laughs> yeah i don't know i feel like i shouldn't answer this i have no answer for i mean it's, i think we've been answering this throughout the podcast right in a way like right from the beginning we've been answering this i'm like don't aim for it you you might just get it like if you know what you want then then i don't think you know what you want this simple yeah because you really don't you're not leaving anything to chance like this sure i'm very happy with what i have right now but i'll be lying if i said that i was aiming for this no yeah. way <laughs> there is no way so yeah don't kid yourself and just take one day at a time and you'll be shocked in say 3 years or 4 years like yeah. if you if you really take one day at a time one friday at a time one sunday at a time and just try to get past every week suddenly you are sitting in your room and writing shit but suddenly the way people look at you is going to change yeah it should not ever like really affect what you're doing like once you start realizing that oh shit oh what i'm doing is something like it's it's amounting to something that's when you that's when you've lost the battle so i feel like as as long as you go back every wednesday thinking that oh shit i've forgotten how to write you're on the right path yeah i just say uh, first of all assuming this you're saying make this your profession be bloody sure because you know you really can't i mean i got a message randomly recently on instagram which really pissed me off for some guy said you know i really want to do what you guys do at film companion where you just watch a couple of movies in a day and you chill for the rest of it how do i get paid for it now like well i wish i could punch you on the screen but like as in a sense that people don't realize how much work goes into it people don't realize that the one thing you actually have very little time for is watching movies which is insane yeah. but no i'd say just be sure that you are uh, yeah because there is a very big risk you're taking by you know making your passion your profession also it's never been easier to pursue this if it's something you love without putting your ass on the line it's never been easier for starting your own blog you know people are doing their own newsletters there are people who freelance for publications and things but they're not you know quitting that jobs so it's never been 
you know easier to do that um yeah. and and sometimes you just feel like half the battle people who really purely love this and want to do it they do so much of the work automatically they will already start reviewing for themselves without somebody telling to telling them to they're already following stuff and watching stuff it, it comes to them automatically if somebody's yeah. looking for a checklist of what are the things i have to do then i'd already question whether are you sure you're up for sort of the stamina and the, the abuse from your dad i, I don't know <laughs> you know yeah yeah money like money is like really serious I'm, i'm really not joking about the money because that will like yeah like, play a part you know when you when you become especially when you become 30 and your friends are buying apartments and all that you're like pull dot the fuck so and it's not just not just about that but see i i like people should get into this only if they love movies they shouldn't yeah. think about this as your daughter influencer 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 said but this is how i want to become an influencer through movies that's just not how you you want to uh, you know you're, you're not that's not the correct way to do it uh you can do that with everything else you can do that with products and you know yeah. uh, uh whatever you know like cars or like makeup or you know uh cooking or whatever but this is not like that this is this involves a lot of like 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 a lot of everything eventually you you'll realize that there's only so much you can learn uh, or only so many movies that you watch so you you you're going to reach a point where you're putting a lot of yourself out there and now you'll reach a point where it's actually a, a, a tamasha too because you're following your passion but passion takes over everything else passion yeah becomes have that comfort of demarcating life and work you know so if you if, if you feel like you're a, yeah. you have a government job or if you're in a in a, in a bank uh, you might hate your job but then you look, you have that privilege of demarcating that with life and thinking i'm a good human being i am a high live a happy life so what if i hate my job but when you when you take the plunge when you get into this space you're like oh i'm following my passion everybody thinks i'm living my dream so if you if a story doesn't work out or somebody criticizes your work you feel i'm a failure in life so that's a damn complicated kind of tamasha that you don't want to live so uh, that you have to kind of be ready for all that and the, the how easily people criticize you on social media and the kind of power that they have because they're fundamentally sensitive right they're fundamentally sensitive that's why you are in this job and to be thick skin on social media and sensitive while you're watching movies it's not going to happen it's going to overlap and you're going to get mind fucked uh, you're going to get screwed so it's only that love for that movies that will kind of keep you going if you enter thinking oh i've got 15000 followers on twitter i'm happy and all that it's not the case it sucks also loving movies is do something else <laughs> as i'm saying loving movies isn't always enough i think yeah. a lot of people they yeah. forget the writing part like a lot of people yeah. like just they really love movies and they feel like i remember badi used to say this advice here to, to be a film critic it's you have to love movies you have to love writing and most of all you have to love writing about movies i mean i think people oh. forget that you know they, they they love this thing and they get carried away but there is a lot else that goes into that skill as well yeah you know you know when i got the idea of doing this podcast with you all you know this is what i wanted to you know tell people that what goes behind the scenes you know we they only see us you know doing it and people you know watching us and all that thing but they don't see what happening behind and i think uh, this hopefully this helps out to them uh, and yeah just last two quick things is there any uh, genre in movies or shows that you're looking forward to explore which you haven't yet maybe to freshen up things or have you explored Fresh everything something that you haven't yeah. watched much of in maybe like anime maybe like japanese movies korean movies <laughs> And no, anything completely blank I have no idea oh. anime and all that manga anime also that entire thing like even as a kid I've never really gotten into it I n- I've never got into da- Dragon Ball Z <laughs> I didn't even get into the basics like okay yeah. Dragon Ball Z I didn't even get in there you know so 
It's like anytime you plan to, you know, maybe, maybe explore. Yeah, no, I was saying that like hundreds of people in the last one year have been suddenly trying to get me to watch Korean dramas, TV, Korean television <laughs> for some reason. That's the new hype. KK dramas or whatever. And yeah. the more people force me, the more I'm resisting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm getting really like bitter about this shit. And I was like, if I was going to discover it, I might have by now. But you guys are really like pushing it so much. I'm going to like go the other way. and watch it 10 years down the line when nobody is watching k drama it's becoming that and honestly i don't watch stuff to get into a particular genre i just watch it because suddenly a horror movie is looking interesting or suddenly yeah. a sci-fi movie is looking suddenly hero movie is looking interesting but you know anything else yes <laughs> by that yeah. logic we should all be telling rahul not to watch superhero films and then he'll just come back <laughs> yeah. yeah, never watch never anime noticed. never never ever <laughs> So I I just want to thank you all for your generous time and uh, it was great great talking to you all so much insight and it it personally helped me a lot and I hope it helped people watching this also uh, it was a great time thank you thank you thank you for doing this it's a damn good counseling Thanks. session it didn't even cost any money <laughs> I was going to say forget it <laughs> somebody to get people well watching it it's group therapy <laughs> yeah that is <laughs> I hope you had a good time yeah thank you for listening Yeah, of course yeah, exactly. <laughs> always so thank you guys thank you for thank you for your time thanks see ya thanks bye, bye. so guys that was the session i hope you enjoyed and if you did do it the like button share the video let us know your thoughts in the comments below if you are subscribed to the channel check out the videos if you like them too do consider subscribing and i'll see you next time stay home stay safe